Lord Jesus, we have entered your church tonight on this Good Friday. We have been here before, and by your grace we will come again. But we have come this night especially because of the forgiveness that you made possible for us. We have come because of the peace that you have established between us and our Father in heaven. We have come because of the love that you have given to us. But we have also come because of our love for you. In fact, we have come to your altar tonight, Lord Jesus, to remember and to sing. We would remember your joys and your tears, your happiness and your pain, your love and your special blessings to us. We would also come because we are thankful. We know that when you came into our world, you took our place, you lived our life, you died our death, and we are deeply grateful. And so we want our service this night to be our prayer to you. We would assure you that we understand why you came and why you lived and why you died and rose again. And as we begin our worship together, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we ask for your blessings.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we come this Good Friday to your cross, pleading for mercy and forgiveness. Our sins have added to the burdens of your suffering, but we know that your crucifixion at Calvary was for us too. Grant that we might find hope in your word. Comfort us in your promises, salvation in your finished work on the cross, and the gift of heaven and eternal life through faith in you. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
The longing for a Savior in the hearts of God's people has never ceased. It began in the Garden of Eden, where the hearts of Adam and Eve were gladdened by the promise of one who had come to forgive them. Lord Jesus, Abraham hoped for your coming. Isaac and Moses waited patiently. David was overjoyed at the promise of the Messiah. We Christians today long for your coming too. We look forward to the day when you will come in great glory to claim us as your own. We would even let you know of our longing for your coming by singing a verse that has been sung by God's people through the centuries, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Lord Jesus, you did come. You stepped into our world. You blessed our earth with your footsteps. You blessed our lives with your touch. You took your place in the mainstream of history, in a quiet place, and in a quiet way. You, the creator of all things, came as a creature, as a little baby, in fact. You chose from all the women of the world the Virgin Mary to be your mother. You used a stable for your birthplace. And in the hushed stillness of a silent night, O oh God, you came to us.
Lord Jesus, you grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You were baptized by John. You gathered your little group of disciples. You preached to the multitudes. But you also had time for individuals. Everywhere you went, you pointed to our loving Father in heaven. You spoke words which no other man could speak. You performed miracles which no other man could perform. You held out your arms and opened invitation to all who would listen. Come, you said. That was your favorite word. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, and I will pardon. Come, and I will comfort. Come, and I will forgive. Come, and I will give you salvation and peace. Lord Jesus, we remember tonight your invitation to us. Come unto me, ye weary. Lord Jesus, God's time was drawing near. Then the hour came, and you set your face toward Jerusalem and toward the cross. You commandeered a donkey, and you rode into Jerusalem as a king, a humble king, the king of sinners. They sang their hosannas, they spread their palm branches and their clothing. Even the little children were singing. And you listened. Joy must have filled your heart. You listened. But deep in that heart, you knew that the next trip down those streets of Jerusalem would be with a cross.
Lord Jesus, you came to the Garden of Gethsemane with your disciples that Thursday night. And then they came. They came with swords and clubs. They came with spears and rope. One of them came with a kiss. They all came with murder in their hearts. They tried you with lies and false witnesses. They sentenced you as a criminal. And then they gave you a place, a place outside their city, outside their lives. They nailed you to a cross, and there they left you to die for their sins. Yes, they left you there to die for our sins, too. We've been to Calvary in spirit many times, dear Savior. Tonight we go with you in spirit once again.
Lord Jesus, you died on the cross. Not once did you complain, not a word, except that you forgave us. Not a word, except that you cried out in a loud voice that you had finished all the work that you had come to do. Our sins were forgiven. Our salvation was complete. Our promise of heaven was sure. And in the darkness of that Good Friday, you died. Indeed, your death, what you did for us, it causes us to tremble.
It is silent on the hill. But in the midst of the silence, a voice. The voice speaks strong and clear. Its tone is so unusual that even the very silence deepens. Unmistakably, the voice said, Father. It had come from deep in the heart of the one in the center. As they all watched, they saw his eyes raised toward heaven. And then that prayer, that fervent prayer. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How do you handle the moment when the man that you are crucifying prays for you? How do you get past that moment? Do you in shame and with great gentleness lower the cross, remove the nails, wash the wounds, and stammer your apologies? What do you do at a moment like that? You've simply got to hide the shame. So you label the crucified one delirious. You say he's out of his mind because nobody in their right mind prays like that. Father, Forgive them. Nobody prays like that. But Jesus does. And just then, one of the criminals who was hanging there railed at Jesus, If you are the Christ, save yourself and save us too. And you can almost hear him laugh, even in the midst of his pain. It almost makes you shudder. If you are the Christ... That's what the people passing by cried out. If you are the Christ, that's what the leaders of the church said. If you are the Christ, that's what the soldiers taunted. If you are the Christ, that's what the dying thief railed at him. And the Christ says nothing. He offers no defense. His mission of the salvation for the world allows him no defense. The sacred record tells us that there was another voice from another man who hung there. Here was a man who, in spite of appearance and everyone standing around, laid bare his heart. And when he did, there was a beautiful jewel of faith. Listen. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Ever so slowly, Jesus turns his weary head to face the man who had spoken the first kind words to him since the upper room. And Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise.
Now Jesus' mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene were standing by the cross of Jesus. When Jesus saw his mother and John, the disciple whom he loved, standing near, he then said to his mother, John is now your son. And he said to John, she is now your mother. And from that moment, John took Mary into his own home. Darkness now begins to descend on the skull-shaped hill. Darkness and a silence broken only by three dying men gasping for breath. God has abandoned his own son to the darkness. And now it is the hour of Satan, the prince of darkness. The Father's protecting hand, this once, just this once, has drawn back. And Satan is allowed to have his day. The soul of God's Son is given without hindrance to be twisted and tortured, bent and broken. And God the Father would say, My son, my son, this day I have abandoned you, and I have chosen sinful mankind. There is no other choice for me to make. To love the world, to save the world, I must abandon my son, for he has taken on his shoulders the world's sin. No wonder that as the abandoned one endures this punishment, no wonder that from the deepest depths of his being, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?
Now there is silence on the hill again. Silence and darkness. And that is all. When almost wants to say, break the silence, Jesus. Say something. Say something good. Say something important. Say something. But silence continues to shroud the hill. And darkness covers the land until the ninth hour. And it's at that hour when the Christ cries out, I am thirsty. A reed is found and a sponge and the vinegar. The sponge is fastened to the reed and touched to his lips. Vile as it is, the liquid serves the purpose. His parched lips are now finally moist again. And with his lips and tongue moist, one more one more time, there is time yet, time for an announcement. Time for an announcement to the world. Jesus raises his thorn-crowned head. His eyes, steady and clear, are lifted up toward heaven. He speaks. And the words are clear, loud, unmistakable, and victorious. He says, it is finished. It is finished. What is finished? We know. He came to save sinners, and they are saved now, for it is finished. He came to bring hope, and hope is possible now, for it is finished. He came to bring salvation, and praise God, salvation is possible now, for it is finished. God's great love for the world has been demonstrated. His grace has been given. And Christ on the cross becomes our Savior. On that day, that Good Friday, salvation came into the world for me. The Son of God laid down his life for his friends, and I am his friend. It is finished. It is finished for me. From somewhere deep within him, Christ draws breath and strength. Once more he looks toward heaven. Once more he raises himself against the cross. He speaks. It's a prayer, a beautiful final prayer. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Then, there, in the quietness of the hill, there among strangers and friends and enemies, there before his mother and John and perhaps several other disciples, there in the presence of the Heavenly Father, life left. His head sank to his chest, his body became still. Jesus gave up his life for the world. He gave up his life for you and for me. And just before six o'clock in the evening, they took down his lifeless body and laid it in Joseph's tomb.
Together we pray. O Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. O Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. O Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We stand. Together we speak. Lord, now let your servants depart in peace according to your word. For our eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Peace be with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.